Welcome to Dwight Explains the Bible, Season 2. We're going to have guests again this time, but it's going to be a little bit different format. So, today's episode is going to be a clip from when I went live on TikTok, and I had an Israeli Christian join in as a guest, and you're going to hear in the beginning another Israeli voice, and we're talking about what is witchcraft, and I always say that if you're praying to God, then you're doing something to affect this, uh, to implore the supernatural to change the natural world. God, please do this. Please do this. So that, in the views and the eyes of an atheist, is technically witchcraft. Whether you're lighting a candle or you're putting your hands together and looking at God, it's still witchcraft. So that's how this conversation is going to start off. But then we're going to add a very special guest. Her name is Deborah Grace. She wrote the book, Crucifying the Bible. She has amazing insight into what the Bible says. She knows all these different verses. She comes up with arguments you've never even heard of before. So this is going to be a, a segment between, for most of the time, just between Deborah and the Israeli Christian whose username is Real Anvin. So a lot of times we just refer to her as Anvin. So you're going to hear those two voices most of the time. And you will hear me at some points. I, I help by reading out the English version of the Bible verses. But this is mostly a conversation between them. And it's one of the most interesting conversations I've heard in a long time. So without further ado, here it is. Break the reality. The second is one that, is walking is, with reality. How is somebody turning into a rat reality? If you're actively trying to get that person to turn into a rat, whether you do it with the wing of a bat or you do it by putting your hands together, you're still doing something to change reality, which is witchcraft. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, the, doing the, the second thing doesn't, doesn't guarantee... Uh, like it gives me like uh, maybe uh, zero point one hundred zero point one chance of working. Yeah, the, so the, sex, the, the the witchcraft gives me like a hundred percent of of working. Well, you if, if the there's a hundred percent chance of it, I promise you, everybody would be practicing witchcraft. If it was, <laughs> it doesn't always work. Chance, if it was a fifty percent chance, if it was a twenty five percent chance. I bet you everybody would be practicing witchcraft because it's magic. I mean, it, it works. You know, abracadabra, boom, you're a rat. It, I think it does work. I mean, I don't know if 100%, but uh, people that practice, I mean, there's not like, that's what I'm saying. A lot of pagans, a lot of that, they kind of practice all kind of spiritual practices, but I'll real bring you back witchcraft. Up in a second, demonic bear, I'll bring you right back up. I just. Deborah, hi. Hi, Deborah. Uh, hi. But I won't. Hi. How What's are up? you? 
I'm well. I find this to be a fascinating subject, considering the entire bottle is grimoire. Oh. <laughs> my, we my have mom? we have earth magic when sure. when when God spits into his hand and mixes it with dirt and makes mud. That's earth magic. When you have <laughs> a a pillar of fire in in the wilderness, that's fire magic. The burning bush is fire magic. When you have multiplying of bread based on an incantation that they called a prayer, that's that's magic. When you have baptism, that's water magic. When you have uh, blood. blood magic is all throughout the past. Shadow, okay. You call it magic, but that's magic. It well, what do you define to be magic? What do you define to be magic? Because, okay, so... Well, I didn't hear it. I've, all, just, I've just recently entered. Ah, okay. So I'm trying to... I mean, it is a complicated matter, so I'm trying to explain from my perspective. Obviously, you guys are not going to agree. But I can also say one more thing about... I just wanted to tell Carl just before you came on. Prayer, also prayer is submission. I think that's a very big difference. That when you pray to God, you are submitting to His authority. You are putting yourself down. You're humbling yourself, and there's a difference because witchcraft is raising yourself up, and prayer is humbling no, which... yourself. So that's a that's two different ways, like spiritual. Uh, that's a two different spiritual attitudes, right? Because in witchcraft, no, because witchcraft is basically saying, I am God, so I can harness the forces of the universe and make them will my command. Okay? And prayer is the exact opposite. Prayer is on your knees, right? Is submission to the fact you are humbling yourself to, to God. That, so I'm saying you're coming from two, two different places. You're not in control. You're not okay, God. I I, I I understand I understand what you're saying, mm -hmm. but I don't think you quite understand real uh, uh, witchcraft as it's performed today because that is not at all. They submit to the elements. They submit to the connection, the ether, the con the the uh, creator, whatever you want to call it. They actually do submit. It is a they use themselves as a catalyst, as a vessel for the ancestors for the. The, the spirits, whatever, they use themselves as a prism, which is exactly the same as what you're describing as submission to God. God is spirit also. That's biblical. So if they're submitting to the spirit of God, it's the exact same thing that witches do in, and they are using their intent. They're using their intent, which is the same exact thing as what prayer is. It's an incantation. You cannot... No. You, you cannot use your own interpretation to twist what you think is not no, an incantation, no, no, but it no, is. No, it's no, like, no. It's like, I'm, just saying, I'm just saying what the Bible says, okay, what the Torah so says about this. No, so, no, no I'm let, saying... Let, let, let me put it this way. Let me... The one, I mean, I guess there are many forms of witchcraft. Maybe I'm not, like you're saying, 
that they do it by submission to the elements and all that. I mean, I don't know. I don't, yeah, so honestly, I, I would love to know more. I don't know if I would love to, but I mean, I guess I should know more about that. But I mean, I'm talking well, why about- why is a serpents, right? Why is a serpents? So you can't <laughs> be wise as serpents if you don't know what the other that's what, that's what religions I said. Like, are practicing. No, I agree. That's why I said I, I should. I mean, because you you stated it, then I should understand more about it. But I I'm saying witchcraft. Let's say, for example, we have the voodoo um, healer in Africa. It's very very common. Every tribe, every every you know dwelling area has like a, a witchcraft um, doctor. That's like basically they can curse out your enemies, they can, um, you know, cause disease to your enemies, they can enhance your wealth, stuff like that. I mean, I don't at least that's what they claim. And according to many sources, it works sometimes, at least. Well, so Deuteronomy they do it 28, by... Deuteronomy 28 mm -hmm. is exactly the same thing as, as what your, your medicine men and your, and your shamans do in South Africa. If you look at Deuteronomy 28, it is full of curses and blessings. No, but that's God cursing and blessing. That's not you hating someone and and you can curse them because you don't like them. Or no, they're taking you, your you're actually instructed to do so in Matthew. Jesus says no. if, if, if they don't accept what you have to bring, then you are supposed to go out, cleanse your feet, dust your feet, Right, and then cleanse your feet by the wayside, which is a curse. Jesus no, instructs you to curse. It is. No, you have to go back curse. and read it. it means, I don't need. I don't have to. I mean, I like your. It's a creative idea, but it's not a curse. It literally means. I mean, we because I'm Hebrew, right? I'm Israeli. We still use kind of those forms of. That's a Middle Eastern way when you dust you know it's very dusty here right so yeah. when you dust when you walk away from someone and you dust you know you dust your feet off that it's like you um taking off responsibility right like okay been there done that didn't work i'm dusting off the dust from my feet that's not a curse well it's you like know, you're saying you, you know the word curse is in that verse right you know the word curse is in that verse Oh, okay. Enlighten me. No, I don't know. I, I don't have the verse in front of me, but I did just write about it in my second book, and it's there. The word curse is in that verse. In Matthew, Matthew what? Okay. 10.14. Right Matthew, wait, let's just look it up. Matthew 10.14. What 10.14 says if they don't hear your words, you're supposed to uh, wipe the dust off your shoes. So it might be... Yeah. Verse fifteen or sixteen, I there's don't know. No, okay, so there's no curse in uh, in that verse. I'm just uh, I'm reading it. The Bora. The Bora. Yeah. Yeah. Nice name. I like it. Um, anyway, uh, so example, just you know, there's no curse. If you. Uh, if, if you if you go to a convenience store, if you okay. Okay, uh, right now you have like 30 seconds. Okay, uh, if, oh, okay. uh, if you uh, go into a convenience store and you ask the clerk 
Uh, listen, I'm very thirsty. I don't have any money. Would you mind give me a, a drink? Uh, it will be up to him to tell you yes or no, correct? But if you go into the same convenience store with a gun and you say, give me, give me a drink right now, that, that's the difference between prayer and witchcraft. Mm, nice. Uh, well, no, because witchcraft is all about consent. The, the, the problem with the, the, the Christian mindset is that they will pray for you without your consent, which is baneful magic. Just so you know, a prayer is also only effective to an extent, right? Aren't you changing so, the will of God, though? No, that's no. the thing. It, also, I don't know if you know, I think that also Christians can can unknowingly or knowingly uh, partake in witchcraft without even realizing it, because it's true. We Prayer is starts from submission so and that's the point i wanted to make to carl before that when you when you uh you i mean you don't have to believe me but the christian prayer let's say our prayer of a person um that believes in jesus um anyway it would be god upper god forms in you the will to you know for good for other people and for you, you know, so you, you would pray good things. You wouldn't pray like selfish things. That's what I'm saying. Like real prayer cannot really be selfish. If let's well, say the, the okay. will of God, but, but witches yeah, don't but, do. Wait, I just want to say eagle. You're not, I love what you're saying, but I just, eagle is not like even is like atheist or whatever. So yeah. just so you know, we're not like the same, the same thing. Okay. Even though I, I like what you're saying. <laughs> no, I just, uh, I had a lot of time to think about it just uh, from, uh, let's say, a different perspective. So I can give you a lot of different insight. Um, let's say if the will of God is to give you a blessing. Ah, uh, you want to continue what you said, Deborah? Yeah. No, I was okay. just I was just saying the that the the witches. I don't think you guys know very many witches because the ones that I have come in contact with are very much about helping humanity. They are not selfish people. They want to help other people. They, they're not out there doing all of these baneful magic because they know that there is a karma attached to doing dark magic. They're out there trying to help humanity. They're trying to better our world and society. And they're all of the ones that I've come across, none of them are about dark magic. Okay. The only but the place that I have found dark magic is in the Bible because it's blood magic. The sacrifice <laughs> of Jesus was blood magic. And the sacrifice of Jesus went against every single Old Testament sin sacrifice law. It violated the sin sacrifice laws. So a sacrifice, a sacrifice that violates the Old Testament law is, in fact, any anything that violates a law is sin. So sin cannot atone for sin. I just want to say, Pastor Bello, I don't know if you're talking to me. 
but um your i don't know witchcraft is a translation but i personally read the bible in hebrew because that's um, my first language i also read it in english and greek because i studied ancient greek but um, the hebrew text i don't need greek for because the original is hebrew um but if you want to say what you mean by false by mistranslation that's a good um I would love to hear it because for me, uh, I, I, I'm talking about the Hebrew word. I'm just using the English common translation. But we can talk about the Hebrew if you want. Uh, anyway, uh, no, I, my point is not whether witchcraft is good or bad. I was just saying there is a distinguish, uh, this, um, distinction between what witchcraft is and what prayer is. Uh, so I guess to, today a lot of people say like what you're saying, and you're right. I don't know many witchcrafts, but um, I guess they're saying that there's black magic and and white magic, right? That's what you mean, like that you can there, use witchcraft for. There's green magic. No, well, I mean, black. yeah, white magic okay, and dark there magic. Are. Black. He's right. Okay, okay. So what I'm saying is that. The method of witchcraft is, it's like a hacker. I, I love the, the example I gave up with, like the analogy of hackers, because, uh, you know, we have good hackers and bad hackers, right? But they're still, both good hackers and bad hackers use the same method, right? They don't, they're not the ones, they're not working with the program. They're working to use the weaknesses, let's say, of the program or whatever principles that they can see in the code to benefit whatever cause they're trying to benefit that kind of overrides the laws the way that the, the program is meant to work, right? So you can say that good witchcraft, you can use witchcraft for good. I'm not agreeing with you, but I understand. You're saying like they're not evil people trying to like do bad things. But the, the right. method is still witchcraft. So the method is still like uh, ignoring like the creator well, okay, and the so way, the, the order of things and, and using manipulation to make reality the way you believe it should be. Okay, so when, when God sent evil spirits to King Saul, was that using good magic or bad magic? <laughs> I love that. I love that. Okay. I don't know what do you mean. It doesn't. I'm pretty sure it doesn't say that God sent evil spirit to Saul. It does. Maybe it does. It does. I'm sure, yeah, I mean, I, that's why I said I'm pretty sure. I I'd love to look it up because we already looked one, but I saw it wasn't what okay. you said. Well, that, that, if you have a verse, this I can one look I it up. Have, but anyway, yes. Okay. I have verse. I said I'm not sure, Duh. so okay. I, would, uh, I would, you might be right. The whole Christmas story uh, with um, the, the spirit of uh, yeah, the, 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 the spirit. So first, no, first okay, Samuel but, 16, 14 what, through 15. Why are you looking at yeah. that? Okay, which verses? First Samuel 16. First, I just want to get my charger. Uh, first Samuel 16. Mm -hmm. 
I don't consider it magic at all, but I mean, yeah, so, okay. I thought you meant something else. I thought you were talking about the situation with Samuel and um, no. a cause. You know, uh, and uh, so, yeah, I mean, so there's, okay, a good, a bad spirit from the Lord. Why would it be magic? I mean, it's not people. It's not uh, magic. No, but magic is magic. It just so you understand. Evil spirit. Yeah, evil spirit. Evil spirit from yeah. God. Tell me okay, how that's but good magic. That, I'm not saying it's good magic because I'm not. I'm don't understand why would you call it magic. I'm just. I'm just trying. To, this is like a very easy definition. Look it up. I mean, I guess you wouldn't be. I don't know. Where would you? I mean, okay, but, but witchcraft. Nothing, if God did nothing, but if we, he didn't send a good spirit or a bad spirit, it would just be normal. But now it's not normal because God did something that changes the normal way. So that change, was that a good change or a bad change? No, I'm not saying if it's good or bad. I'm just saying that magic or witchcraft is with people, not God. People... Use so you have spiritual... a different set of standards. So you have a different set of standards for God, even though we're supposed to be perfect like God. Per no, the Bible, we're supposed that. to be perfect no, like God. I... So how do we send evil spirits to somebody else and have it be good? Uh, like, like I said don't... before, like, like I oh, said before, yeah. maybe you missed it. Um, if if oh. there is a God, it. It's, it sees the bigger picture. If if uh, to benefit the bigger picture and to help you in the future, you need to suffer a little uh, and to be scared a little right now, uh, th that's what he's going to do. No, to, to, to make you stronger in the future. So when 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 God created evil... Was that was that was that a good thing for humanity? Tov, I'm gonna drop. Okay, I'll talk to you later, guys. It's. No, Igal, if shar if shar ba anashim zelom zelom ven. Imi Uh, okay, just uh, one more thing and then I will go. 
um, what I want to say. Uh, sometimes you, uh, people need to learn lessons in the hard way. That's what they call tough love. That's that's all. Okay, guys, thank you. All right, gal. Bye, bye. Good night. Yeah, Pastor Bello, I'm trying to. I was by the time you go. I was trying to say that's like the main thing I was trying to explain here. I'm not defending God. That I can do that, I can do that. But here I was just trying to explain what witchcraft is according to the Bible. Basically, the difference is that faith in God, faith in God is submission to God. So God obviously is the creator of the world. He also has spiritual powers as much as he has physical powers. Okay, so to plead, to submit to him and plead with him, that's called prayer, whether you like it or not. That's what it, and, and witchcraft and magic is to be knowledgeable in, uh, let's say, mysteries of the world, as you like to say, or to, to understand like the code, right? To go, like that's what Kabbalah is about. That's what many witchcraft forms are about, to basically understand, like see behind the screen, and by that knowledge of spiritual of spiritual principle, you're able to manipulate reality for good or bad. And like you said there, brothers, good, there's, you call it like, why? I don't know so much about that, you're right. But I understand that many people that say today they practice witchcraft for good. I understand that. Not that I know of, of that, but I believe you. But I'm just saying the method that they're using is not submitting to God and pleading with him. He's using the knowledge. Okay, okay you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I totally understand what you're saying. What What many people right now have a problem with is that there is no evidence to support and prove this biblical God. That is what most people have a problem with because the Bible is the claim and it cannot simultaneously be the evidence. So where is the evidence of this God? Okay, so that's a great question. So the God of the Bible is a God of revelation, okay? The only way that God makes himself known to humans is through God of the Bible is through revelation. So whether it, whether it is revelation to Abraham or the revelation to the people of Israel uh, in Mount Sinai, which we believe were more than around between one and a half to two million people were witnesses to that revelation of God in Mount Sinai. So per, whether it, per the Bible. That's per the Bible. Yeah, the Bible says, yeah, the Bible says uh, like 600,000 men sure. over 20. So if we count right. for women and people under 20, it would be almost around almost 2 million people. Well, right. One, you know, more than 1 million, definitely, right? So um, so that's well, like... Well, he, he, so he did God, not reveal himself. He did not yeah. reveal himself. He revealed some sort of a, a, a phenomena, right? So we no. don't know what that phenomena was. All we know is that the Bible says this is what happened.
but where's the proof that this happened? There's a lot of so, religions out there that make many bold claims that don't have any no, empirical evidence to back up those no, claims. There's no religion. The reason that all of such a big percent of the people in the world latch on to that one God that originally only was worshipped by a very, very small group of people, the people of Israel, right. a, few, right. a few few millions, you know, in, in a good day. Um, the fact that the whole world is latching on to that one book, to that one God, is because no religion ever made such a bold claim that two million people witnessed God right, but that's an appeal. That's an appeal to populist so that's, that's extremely blame. That's an extremely bold claim, and, the, and no other religion never ever made that claim. So but, even the Quran, which a bold, even, a bold claim requires bold evidence, and the Bible cannot be the evidence for the claim. So what I'm saying is, an appeal to populist fallacy does not equate to empirical evidence. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's that's right. I'm saying, I'm not saying there's empirical, I mean, actually, I, I do think that there are, but um, I'm just saying that God of the Bible is God of revelation. So, um, yeah, so he reveals himself through pe to people throughout history. To and humanity. those revelations are anecdotal evidence, which is another No, fallacy. but that's not anecdotal. Okay, but we know even in the court system today, our modern court system, we consider witnesses evidence. And the fact that it's very hard to get many, you know, more than one person basically to say that they experienced the same thing. Well, so we don't have two, we don't have two million documents of each of these people saying that they saw it. We have one no, document yeah. saying that yeah. two million people recorded it, but it's only, and, and we already know, biblical scholars already know that Moses did not even write the first five books of the Bible. Okay. Moses so didn't write the Tanakh we or the Torah. That, I'm, I'm saying, okay, but for something that happened 3,400, um, I don't know, it's like 3,500 years ago or something, um, that's considered, I mean, in my eyes, you don't have to agree, extremely strong evidence that we still until today have the descendants of those two million people until today say, my father told me, and my father told me, and my father told me, going back to those very people, and those are the people of Israel. The, okay, those... And even okay. in those times... And in those times, when 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 the Bible was when the Torah was written, um, those people lived. Whether it was Moses or or a few hundred years after, or so, sometime in the next centuries, those people were the same people. It wasn't like a myth, like Homerus or other people, where you had no one to say that's actually what happened. You know, it was like. Yeah, it was like a story that they held, but they never claimed this happened to us, right? Or we know anyone that it happened to. But those people, those people held that book and that Torah and lived according to those laws that they were given for centuries, and then and then continuing to today keeping that traditions. Um, they lived according to that, saying we were there, we were there, not like we heard the story. So I'm saying, okay. maybe you don't call it evidence, but it's quite a strong claim. It is a strong claim. 
that still has no empirical evidence to back it up. We have no archaeological evidence in the wilderness to support that 2 million people were in the wilderness for 40 years. None. We do have a temple that is still existing, that is still standing. And yet there is... The archaeology that we have today are from structures that were made from stone or stuff like sure. that. There were sure. nomads in the in the there were nomads in the desert. You wouldn't well, nomads find would still leave. No, well the the Native American Indians were nomads, and we have empirical archaeological evidence to support the fact that they were here in America before we settled here. We have that no, evidence. Five hundred years old, even longer. We have we have pyramids in 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 South America to support the claim but, that the, the Mayans were there, and and we have but, Sumerian tablets that are older than the than the Hebrew documents. No, but you can't form you can't form a pyramid being a nomad because nomad means that you move around, that you travel lightly, that you you live in tents. So when you when you build a pyramid is when you're settled, right? So in Israel we have, I mean, yeah, we have the remnants of the temple. We know that the temple was. That's a just historical sure. fact. Sure. Whenever they settled in and they built with stone, we have evidence of that. But traveling in the desert for forty years, they only spent forty years there. And they and Which they didn't means build we would have they were nomads, but they were we nomads. Would, so but we said, would still no. have bridles, we would yeah. have earrings, we would have we would have pottery shards, because we found pottery shards that date back thousands of years. We would have something to say that they were traveling throughout that period. We would have altars, yeah. we would have we would have broken. No, I disagree. No, I disagree. We would if have. If a people of nomads, uh, three more than three thousand years ago, went for a short period of forty years, passed through a desert, they didn't build anything. They didn't. A million what? people. Millions of them, and we have but no weapons. They... And it's a desert. It's a desert. So. Uh, we should still have some evidence that they were wandering through the desert. Every biblical scholar, even who those who believe the Bible, acknowledge that this is a deficiency that they cannot explain. You're using regurgitated yeah. arguments to try to no. make your claim that nomads wouldn't leave no. evidence. Of course they would leave no. evidence. They Everybody leaves no. evidence. No, you cite pyramids of the Mayas. That's not, they, they were not nomads. They I'm not talking about just the Mayans. I'm talking about the Native no, American Indians who traveled no, as no, nomads I'm, throughout the United States no. and still left arrowheads that we can still find today in every they, state across the United States. Wait, what was, what, what, what was arrowheads made of? Stone? Metal? Right? metal whatever they okay, could get their so hands on. No, but the people of Israel were exposed. That's before the Bronze Era. They weren't. They, uh, that's like they didn't have metal at all. They like, had they were spears. Yes, they had metal. They absolutely did have metal. Go no, back and read. Yes, they did. No, they had like it was. I think in the Bronze Era. So maybe. No, 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 no. We're maybe. talking about. We're talking about that. 
you have they built idols they made the golden calf yeah. out of gold you would have had gold yeah. remnants throughout yeah. they, they pillaged yeah. the egyptians for all of their jewelry and their goods they're even yeah. even their yeah. idols they took with them exactly so all of the gold that they had they put into the calf so that just goes to show you how little they had no yes, they had to it. stop yeah. they no you have to no. go back and read they all had to it. stop giving all of their you gold because they had too much they didn't no. they did not no they did not give all of their gold they were supposed to actually no. repay the egyptians back because it was supposed to be borrowed no, no that's not true at <laughs> no that's not true at all the egyptians gave the ones that gave them they gave them because they wanted to give them but they used it. It's not. Yeah, it was like gold in the form of jewelry, right? Like earrings and stuff. And they used that. They melted that to make the cap. So that's not like a whole lot of. That's not like they didn't have anything. And the fact it even tells you that Egyptian women gave them like jewelry just goes to show how little they had. I mean, they were a group of slaves, owned slaves for centuries, and then they were nomads in the desert for forty years. So. They wouldn't have possessions. They wouldn't have like all the things that you imagine that they would find. I'm saying, okay, yeah. I mean, I guess we we would want to find, and it would be great to find. But I'm just saying, it makes sense that something that happened for such a period of short period of time, so long ago, with so little physical possessions, those people didn't have physical possessions. They were escaped slaves. Um, the fact that they didn't build a monument in the middle of the desert in those 40 years. That just that supports the story that they were nomads and they where, were being okay. So where hmm? are the bones of all these people who died throughout throughout the Did time I, that right? Do, Nobody has found any remains. There they have not have found. You know? Listen, you know that the Bedouins. Um, just so I don't, I feel like you guys don't even understand how it goes here. Like the Bedouins, the people that live in the desert until. Today, not so much, but until the last then 20th century, that's the main way of life was nomads. They lived in the Sinai, like peninsula, I think it's called. Um, they lived there for, for centuries and thousands of years. They go through, you know, from Africa and back and they go through that all the time. So they had like more than 3000 years to dig up whatever they want and they use it for you know, they herd sheep and they do, I don't know exactly everything they do, but they've been living there for years. Like, why would, it's not like it's just staying there waiting for you, like, to find it. Like, people live there. Yeah, well, we live in the United States and people are still finding arrowheads to this day from the Native American Indians that lived here for thousands of years before we did it's They've exactly. dated okay. some, some of the things here in the United States. I, I mean, look at the cave that they just found in France that has writings inside the cave that date back to 40,000 years so, before yeah, our so time it, now. Okay, so Israel has like an extreme abundance of archaeological evidence of those times. You're talking about a short period of time of nomad nomads crossing you know, the Sinai Desert, right. that means nothing. 
I'm saying no. the archaeological evidence is there. You're talking about you. You're talking about people living in the same place for thousands of years. Yeah, there's evidence. In the same way, there's evidence all over the land of Israel. That, but it doesn't. It still doesn't support the narrative. It still well, doesn't support the narrative. Well, so I mean, if, let's let's if look. A million slaves. If a million slaves left Egypt that would crumble Egypt's economy. Yeah. There's no record of and that. And there's there's no writings, there's nothing. Egypt kept meticulous records, and yet there's no evidence in their records that a couple fine. million people left. Okay, fine. You just make these statements. Okay, I guess you are Egyptologue and you know, fine. I think well, I do study, and I'm, I have been yeah. trying to find evidence to support the narrative no that's in the Bible, evidence. and it's not there. That's not true. Um, first of all, there's so much we don't understand. Um, I studied, uh, I did one course in university about Egypt, um, you know, Egypt mythology and all that, and um, archaeology. So there's so much we don't understand about the way they thought and what, and even words. And we have so many writings that we just don't even know what they actually mean. Um, so I'm just saying to say such a broad statement like this, they documented meticulously and nowhere it says, that's a crazy statement to me. Like, um, but okay, if you, I don't know. Uh, but we do know there is a mention of a people. I'm not saying that that's, what it is, but there is a mention of a people called the Hyksos um, that a lot of people think match with the people of Israel. You heard about the Hyksos? Yes. yes. Okay. So mm -hmm. it's not like there's no mention. It's very well, similar. That, that, those, those people that, that you're talking about, those were a, a group, a, a band, if you will, of, of men that left Israel and they went into the wilderness. Yeah, if, if, I, if I'm remembering this correctly, Let's they went Egypt. into the wilderness and Let's they were Egypt. mad. Well, they left Egypt, right? They left Egypt. Yeah. They went into the wilderness and they were mad because of how little they were given from Egypt to, to just say, okay, you know, go be free, go do your own thing. And they went to all the surrounding nations and they asked the nations to rise up against Egypt. And the, the nations rejected them and said, no, you know, you guys were given enough. We're not going to go to war against mm -hmm. Egypt for you. First of all, I don't know where you got that exact story. I think like you kind of put it. I'm paraphrasing because I don't have the, yeah, the research it, right in front of me. Lot, yeah, yeah, you gave it a lot of... Uh, <laughs> your own uh, twists but um generally the yeah so basically there is a um, group of people that the egyptian referred to as hyksus that were slaves that left and yeah um so it matches with many points with the people of israel i'm not saying that these are the ones but i'm just saying that's one one thing that we know that that does match it could be but it was not um, in the numbers it was not in the numbers the amount of people that is described in the bible it doesn't match 
the numbers don't match. But they don't. I don't think they describe uh, numbers. And anyway, I mean, but the thing is, that's what I'm saying. Like the, we have so many writings from where there's so much stuff from Egypt that um, we don't understand fully or not even close to fully. So the fact that there are groups of there is a group of people described to be and then to to have left and all that. So you can't say rule out, rule it out. That's all I'm saying. Like we, I don't have more than that, but you also don't have more than that. Do you do you take the Bible or the Tanakh as as literal? I take or do the you Bible. See some of the stories. Literally. You do. Yeah. So so you we don't, you believe... we don't have to say Tanakh. I'm I believe in the whole Bible, not only the Tanakh. Yeah. Oh, okay. So so mm -hmm. you believe that there was a a donkey that talked and a serpent yeah. that talked. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I believe that. <laughs> and, no, and, and, winged, and winged mm -hmm. creatures too. So winged creatures in Ecclesiasticus Where? talks about winged creatures that talk too. Ecclesiastics, can you refer me to what I think it's chapter three. It says basically do not curse the king or and watch your thoughts because a winged creature may go tell on you. Oh, that's cool. Um yeah, I don't I didn't know that. Um I don't remember that. Ecclesiastics uh, ten twenty. Yeah, I'm looking for it now. Coelet Esser um and while, while you're looking that up, while you're looking that up real quick. Ophashamai. Okay, you can so you can through find the Bible on hey, Amazon. Thank you. Our guest, Deborah Grace, wrote the book Crucifying the Bible. There yeah. are a lot of insights in this book that, you know, those of you, those of you who know me, there's a lot of insights that even I didn't even pick up on. So it's an interesting read. Uh, there was a book number two coming out eventually. Yes. I don't know your timetable yes. on that, but eventually. <laughs> well, I'm hoping to, I'm hoping to have it out by the end of the year, but I'm going to have it peer reviewed, so it may be a little bit longer than that. Yeah. Hmm. What peer? Uh, okay, what no, I'm going to. I'm. What peer? I'm hoping to have Dr. Richard Carrier. Uh, and I will pay him to peer review my next book. In oh, yeah. What is he, what is his um, field of expertise? Hellenistic, what, what is what? His field of Wait, expertise is the Hellenistic periods at the formation of the Christ, of the Christian religion and the Greek so and he's Roman. Like So, like, Stuff he's like an historian of religion, yeah. basically? That's what yeah. Said? Okay. Specifically, okay. like, the Egyptian, Greco-Roman. Yeah. yeah, that's why yeah. I studied. I'm not a, a professor. But, oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, cool. So... If not him, it will said, be another PhD. Yeah. I will not okay. have anybody less than a PhD peer review my next book. Okay, good for you. Sounds great. Um, I have a DD. Yeah. So um, the verse you quoted um, doesn't say that. Uh, I mean, it, it says in the Hebrew, at least. I don't know what it says in the English. It I says, it uh, because but, the so, bird in the sky, 
The bird in the sky may carry your words, and the bird on the wing may report what you say. Yeah, um, okay. So, bird, bird in the sky. So, you understand that's not a creature. Or it's a some bird. winged creature. Tell the matter. Some no. winged creature. Okay, so in the Hebrew, it's not some winged, winged creature. It's just, um, you know, a, one Which may be an wing. angel. I don't know. I don't know. No, I just thought it was an, an interesting passage. It's not an angel. It's a bird. And it's a metaphor. You guys, okay. I can't believe this is the only level. Well, this is at least here, here's the thing. How, how does, but here's, no, 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 no. no. Let, me, let me please, let me Wait. please just no, ask no, no, this no. one question. No, come on. I want to know no. how you know what is a metaphor and what is not. And because most Christian American teachers teach literalism, we don't know. And it's supposed to be easy and supposed to be simple. How does it is anybody simple. read the Bible and figure out what is literal and what is not? Okay, I answer. It's very easy. Common sense. Thank you. Okay, so Ecclesiastes. But we're not supposed to lean on our own wait, understanding. Wait, wait, wait. You, uh, wait, you said, I'm just going to ask this one thing. So can okay. I also like say something? Yes, yes, now? yes. Go ahead, please. Thank please. You. Okay, so uh, common sense, because Ecclesiastes is a book of wisdom. It's not a historical book. It's not even a spiritual, very spiritual book. It's a it's a it's a guy thinking out loud, basically uh, out loud about uh, philosophy, really. So when he's talking about when he just read the context, read the book. Ecclesiastics is not a book describing uh, like the spiritual world. It's a book talking about you know wisdom, right? So he's saying basically it's like he's saying if you gossip. It might get to, you know, you, you gossip against someone strong, it, it will get back to him. That's like a very easy principle that we all understand. So he's saying the birds will, will the sound will travel with the birds. Like, obviously, he's not talking about literal birds. But just so you understand, for me, thank I, you. I, I believe. Thank you. You understand? Hmm? Yes, I do understand. But, thank you. I appreciate that context because it does help. I, I am cool. not above learning from anybody. And I really do appreciate your insight. That does make sense. Thank you. Cool. Okay. That's cool. But yeah. <laughs> See, we learn from <laughs> yeah. everybody. Yeah. Cool. That's very cool. Uh, if you see even the next verse is like also the same, it's like a metaphor. Uh, whatever. I, so, but, I uh, actually, I published a revision on my first book because somebody came back and said, I think you misread this scripture and came back with some context. And I said, you're right. I am going to revise my book. And I did at my personal cost. That was not cheap, but I did it because I am not above telling other people when I'm wrong, I will well, be the first to admit when I am wrong. That's amazing, actually. I applaud you. We need more Thank people you. like that. We should all be like that. Um, I, know I agree. It's not, it's cool. not easy, that's but you know what? It's not going to hurt me to say I'm wrong. Yeah, and also that's how we learn. I mean, the only way to really learn is to dare to be wrong, right? We have to put ourselves, you know, commit to something, and then we can get corrected. So that's cool. right. Um, yeah. That's cool. So I just want to say, I do believe in the, you know, the two examples that you gave. Like, yeah, I believe that the donkey literally opened its mouth and talked. Yeah, I believe that. That's not a metaphor. But this one is. That's what I'm saying. Um, 
I think the only really like animals doing something crazy like that is with the donkey. That's the only time. Can, can I ask, can I ask um, how, oh, let me see, how do I phrase this right? That's okay. Um, now I lost my train of thought. Squirrel. <laughs> From Ice Age, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, no, it's from yeah. Up. It's from the. It's from I know, the movie from Up. up. The dog, yeah. the dog, right? The dog. Mm -hmm. I love it. Cool. I love that movie. It's, it's such a feel-good movie. Yeah. So Deborah, Anvin, Anvin here. Um, she knows a lot of the historical context behind a lot of the stuff. I disagree with a lot of her answers, but she gives really good answers. <laughs> yeah no I, and i appreciate somebody who's well studied i i love to learn from people who are educated in in fields that i'm not and and i appreciate the insights i i think that's it's fantastic um but there's there's a lot of the 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 bible that i just if i had empirical evidence of god outside of anecdotal, outside of circular reasoning, outside of um, uh, God of the gaps fallacy or the appeal to nature fallacy, I might really take a second look, but I haven't found, and I was a Christian for 41 years. I was in Hebrew wow. roots. I was a messianic Hebrew roots, honoring oh, the day of atonement, honoring the, the feast of booths, honoring uh, uh, Passover. I did all of that for about five years. And, Ooh, and then wow. came out, I, I found out that the, the New Testament is not supported by the Old Testament because of the sin sacrifice laws. And the no. prophecies were not fulfilled in, in Jesus. And the new covenant based on the, the, the prophecies of the new covenant, they've not been fulfilled in, in the New Testament. And then I had yeah. to look at the Old Testament critically and see if it supports itself and and so, there's so much there that doesn't support itself no i no i disagree with you um well please I, tell me I, did did jesus did okay so yeshua I'll, I'll use yeshua because apparently no you can use both i also use jesus and yeshua for me it's the same it's it's his greek name it's fine by me <laughs> if if I'm just getting a call from my husband, if um, I got to get this, so I'm going to have to go. I'll come back in. All right. Too bad. I wanted to hear what she's saying, what she's asking. <sighs> Good talk. Uh, she, I think, yeah, she's just on mute, so I don't know. Yeah, she come back. Might be coming right back in. Um, yeah. So, um, so she wrote a book called Crucifying the Bible. Um, and it, she, she has some really interesting. All right. Insights. I'm back. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Hi. So no, what were you asking? What, what were you saying? No, I would. Talking about Jesus. Oh, crap. Deborah. Yeah. Hold on, I gotta drop out and come back in because I have a I have a bad echo. Okay. Ah, yeah, it happens like that. Yeah. 
whenever you go out for another app, uh, when you come back, that's the way. Yeah. Whenever you go out for another app, uh, when you come back, that's the way it goes. I know. It's very annoying. Yeah, I'll try to look up like Bible verses or something. And when I come back in with the Bible verse, it's always an echo. Ah, right. Yeah, that's why you need like a multiple device situation. Okay. Jesus. You're back. <laughs> yeah, I'm back. <laughs> Sorry. So. Yeah, um, now your sound so is, I would your sound to is ask, fine. Like, it, can you guys hear me? Yeah, my, yes. my yeah. sound's fine. Okay. I was just asking, like, if, if, if they, if the prophecies about Jesus, if you fail even one prophecy, you know, the Deuter the book of Deuteronomy talks about having to test those who claim to be prophets of God, right? And if one thing fails, then that person cannot be a prophet of God. He has spoken presumptuously and you shall not fear him. So there are prophecies about the Messiah, that he would usher in the ingathering, that he would usher in worldwide peace, that he would um, rebuild the temple. Physical dimensions are given in Ezekiel chapters 40, 40 through 42, give physical dimensions of said temple, um, that all would know God, that, that no one would have to be taught anymore. None of these prophecies were fulfilled in Jesus. And to claim a second coming to fulfill those are ad hoc rationalization um, arguments. Mm, okay. I mean, I don't know about ad hoc. I don't know what you mean by that. But um, basically, you're right. If a prophet prophesies falsely, that would make them... Um, of course, prophet. Um, but Jesus. Well, and there are two not... prophecies. There, there are two prophecies that Jesus gave about himself that didn't come true. Like which ones? He said that uh, some standing here will not taste death before my coming again, and then he said that um, you would go through all. You wouldn't be able to go through all the towns of Israel before his coming back. Both of those didn't happen. We're still waiting 2,000 years later. Wow. Strong one. Yeah, I don't know what to say about that. <laughs> um, yeah, it's true. I mean, I don't know what to say about that. Um, Jesus did not complete the prophecies. No, but that's, that's the thing. That's the other part. Like, the fact that First of all, the concept of Messiah, you have to understand, the concept of Messiah, they had an idea in the like Second Temple era. They had an idea of what the Messiah would be. But like if you look in the Bible, it's much more complex than that. Like it's not a singular uh, thing. Like, you know, now we have like the theology. Everyone knows what it's supposed to be and all that. But back then it's just like, different mentions in different books and Jesus hit so many of those things. So, but yeah, he didn't hit all of them because he's supposed to come back. 
So, but that's not like there's hundreds, literally like so. Hmm? So let me ask you this, because I I know you're well versed on the Tanakh, right? So where yeah. is the prophecy from God through any of His prophets that said that we would have to believe in that Messiah to be saved? Um, I think I mean in um, Isaiah uh, fifty three, for example. Well, that doesn't say we have to believe in that Messiah to be saved, and Isaiah fifty three has a lot wrong with it. Uh, and I know you know this one. I know you know Hebrew, so let me ask you this: Isaiah fifty three, verse eight, in the Hebrew, does it use the word lamo? Okay. Yes. That means them, not him. Right. Okay, so in chapters 1 through 52 and 55 or 54 through chapter 66, God and Isaiah are both saying that the suffering servant is Israel. So why is the definition of the suffering well, servant well, well, changed for well, one chapter? Where does it say that the suffering servant is Israel? In I mean chapters one through fifty-two and fifty-four through sixty-six, there's numerous verses that say that the suffering servant was all of Israel and not a single person. Yeah, start at uh, chapter forty-one. I think is the end of forty. No, it doesn't say that, but um, I mean, we you really want to go into that? Yes. Into <laughs> Isaiah 53? Sure, yeah. No, we can I have look a whole at chapter dedicated. You're going, you're going to, you're going to, I mean, that's just, really, we're going to do that now? No, Isaiah it's just like. 41, Isaiah 41, verse 8. But you, Israel, my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, Verse 9, I said, you are my yeah. servant. Yeah, okay. That's not the suffering servant. That's Yeah, everyone knows that Israel is God's servant. That's like so all over the, the Bible. Isaiah 40, 40, 41, 42, 43, 44, those all talk about Israel's suffering. It calls in the servant no. and talks about their suffering. It's, so when it says my suffering servant... No, it's not. No, that's not. But this, the whole book of Isaiah also talks about like Israel also suffering because of like going far from God and stuff like that. Like it's not only about it's not about like uh, a righteous suffering, like someone that's suffering, that's righteous and suffering. And like that's a different story. Like, yeah, Israel is a servant and does suffer. But that's okay, not so like. Second, all right. So Second Samuel seven fourteen. If Israel sin, I will discipline them with a rod and stripes. Yeah. Psalm eighty nine verses thirty through thirty two. I will visit my children's sin with a rod and stripes. So that's backed up. There's now two confirmations that Israel yeah. is the sin. suffering servant outside yeah. of the book of Isaiah. Yeah, but that's that's what I'm saying. That that's a two different situation because 
Okay. You the okay. verses you just so, no because the verses you just read refer to a punishment like not of punishment like uh, what does it say the word uh, like basically he, he torments them because of their sin right so the way it deals with Israel is because of their sin he gives them hard times right so that's like suffering that's related to sin and that's the way God deals with Israel but when so, it talks about in, in Isaiah 53 it talks about a blameless servant that his suffering is meant for other people's um, sins right it's not that he sinned and he's been being like dealt with for his sins it's a different situation Look at, look at verse 9. Oh, yes. Let's look at verse 9 because it says he made his grave. So, but it also, okay, but it also talks about that his death was with the rich. Were, were the two thieves on either side of him rich? No, it's talking about Ashir Bamotav. Ashir is rich, Bamotav is his grave. So we know that he was buried in the, the rich man from Ramatime is the one that took his body and placed it in there in okay, his but the grave. Very, right, but, it said, but it's was that rich man wicked? Because the very first part of verse nine says he made his grave with the wicked. So did, did Jesus get buried with the wicked or did he get buried with the rich man? Because that verse is backwards as to what Jesus death and burial was it's backwards hmm. verse 10 says that okay uh, but, but verse 10 see, says he shall see, see his says, seed v but that, you see that, that seed was zera which always yeah. in hebrew you know this means physical seed did did jesus have children um no, wait. Uh, it's a, yeah. Of course, it means like a spiritual zero. I mean, that's what I believe. But just so look in verse nine. It says, uh, I don't know what it says in English, but the second half of the verse. What does it say in English in verse nine, the second half? Because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. Yeah, exactly. And you, the okay, verses but, you just read about, but the verses you just read about Israel as a servant is Israel as a servant that sins and has to be, you know, to suffer for their sins. And here it, he, says it also that he, says, he, if you keep he, reading, it says he was numbered with the transgressors. Was Jesus a transgressor? What, 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 God? Where do you see that? No, it does. Where does it say? Tell me where. Okay, verse twelve. He it get he he was like he was numbered with the with the transgressors, because and then read the verse that that means the opposite of what you're saying. Can you read, uh, Carl? Can you read English verse twelve? Or does someone where, have? Where are we at? Where in the Bible are we? Fifty-three. Okay, Isaiah fifty-three verse. Deborah, 12. I, I don't know where she went. 
I think she's getting a Bible or something. I heard papers wrestling. Mm -hmm. 53, verse 12. Therefore, I will give him a portion among the great, and he will divide the spoils with the strong, because he poured out his life unto death and was numbered with the transgressors, for he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Yeah. So when it says numbered with the transgressions, that's the thing that he, that's like his sacrifice. That's why, like you say, okay, I will so, give him that and that. So that's like, it's not right, that I'll he is that a transgression. Okay. Cool. I'll, I'll give you that one. Now, now let's go back to verse 10 because it says he shall prolong his days. Was 30 prolonged? Because that is actually a blessing for honoring your father and your mother, that you would have long days. It's a very, can you read it in English, the whole verse? In the Hebrew, it's really interesting verse. That's not a simple grammar. Oh, we need to think about verse, it. But, verse number hmm? 10. Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life an offering for sin, he will see his offspring and prolong his days. And the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. Oh, Did Jesus mean... prosper? No, because I tell you what it says in the Hebrew. It says okay. something different. I, okay. Okay. Uh, I'm not saying this. That what, what I'm going to say now is what I understand when I read that verse. So I have to check, you know, what other people, you know, what's the common interpretation. But it seems like it's saying if you place, um, like, okay, so the Lord willed to make him uh, depressed and sick. And then if you, if you put um, guilt on him, um, on his soul, it will uh, prolong life, and um, the seed that seed would prolong life. So basically, it's saying Asham is one of the sacrifices that were, you know, in Leviticus when it talks about the five, um, five, five kinds of sacrifice that you would have to do, like in the temple, right? So one of the kinds of sacrifice was Asham. Mean, literally meaning guilt, right? So it's talking about placing uh, that kind of of sacrifice on him. Like basically, if you're putting guilt on him, that will prosper, okay? So that means like the sacrifice, um, you know, okay. is benefit, you know, worked, right? Like it's can, can, good. Can I, can I ask you what it says in Hebrew in verse 8? Okay, so which part? You're talking about Lamo, that word? That's no. what you want? I mean, ah, I, okay. But I can say tell what, me what, like what? Yeah, just what summarize what you, what you you see as it reads in Hebrew. Mm, okay, so he was taken out of arrest and judgment and he's who can 
tell his generation because that's like my best understanding, right? Because he was taken out of the land of the living um, from the crimes of my people. Um, he was... Um, like hurt, not hurt, there's a better word. But In English, like, okay. it says punished. Ah. No. Ah. Nega is like infliction. Yeah, infliction. So from the scene, from the Nega. crime of my people. Nega? Yeah. Nega is infliction. He was inflicted from the scene of my people. But I guess the word Lamo sometimes uh, can mean to him or to them. I have to look it up. Okay. It's so in gone. English, it says he was taken from prison. And my argument there was that he was never in prison. He was in custody, but he was never taken from prison. You're talking about the first words of the, mm-hmm. of the verse? Yeah. Mi otzer wo mi mishpat. So otzer, I can tell you, I'm going to look it up in the biblical dictionary in a minute, but in modern Hebrew, otzer means like uh, exactly what Jesus was, how he spent the night which is like a temporary arrest for, okay. like you're taken in, but you're not like in jail. So that would be, huh? What word, miyoser? No, otzer, otzer. Ein vav tzadik resh. The mem, the mem, the mi is, is, uh, is four. It's not part of the word. The, the word okay. starts from the second letter. Okay. Mm. Wait, so I was going to look up Lamo and then uh, Otza. Because the point you were making before is that Lamo would be a plural, right? Yes. Deborah? Yes. And I think that's true, but I have to look, because I'm not sure if it's always like that. Because that's a word that's like completely like lot, like we don't use that. It's, it's fluid in, in Hebrew. I think it is. We don't use it anymore. Uh, I just know it from the Bible. Um, so, Lamor. So just for everyone in, in the comments right now, um, so the word... Uh, prison or stricken, or I'm sorry, the word stricken is nigga. Nigga. Yes. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not what you said. No. Nigga. Nigga. Ne. Ne. Nigga. Okay. Oh. Not okay. The, what you said. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Let's not get ourselves banned here. <laughs> hey, I do it every day. <laughs> It, it's a miracle that I'm not banned right now, so it's okay. <laughs> Good. Uh, taking it, uh, walking on the edge. Um, Actually, when you know what, I have this um, in my um, 
biblical um, dictionary, it's actually not necessarily, yeah, him or them. So I don't know. Okay, Otzer, did you look up Otzer? Me, no. Well, on this um, little thing I have, it says restraint, coercion. It's from Atzar, closure. Yeah. The usage is barren, oppression, or prison. Yeah, but it doesn't have to be like, it's not like jail. You know what it means? It can be like uh, arrest, like temporary. Like he was basically held. I think he was held in the high priest overnight, in the high priest um, arresting, like I don't know, place. So he was held overnight. So that would fit. You agree? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I would take that one. Uh, so my last argument against Isaiah 53 being used as a prophecy is that a great deal of, of Isaiah 53 is written in past tense. Hmm. What? What do you mean? Like the, He was you know, wounded. Has yeah, laid, but, but, was afflicted, no, was oppressed, that, was taken, was cut off, was stricken, had that's done. Hebrew. That's the way the language works. That's the way biblical Hebrew works. That, well, no, what, let me ask you, though, what, what other prophecy in the Tanakh was written in past tense? Probably all of them. And... Okay, I just randomly will open any prophecy. It's the same. It's that's the language. Okay, well, um, let me pull one up as an example. Okay. Jeremiah thirty. Right. Jeremiah thirty verse nine. Mm -hmm. That's future. And David, their king, whom I will raise up for them. And that whole thing says Seven, will, what, what will verse, be in the what verse? Jeremiah what verse? 30, yeah, 30, yeah, nine. Oh, thank you. So, Vavdu, no, no. If you, <laughs> you see the word in, in verse nine, the word for uh, worship the God, the word worship. In Hebrew, that's a that's a past tense, and they worship their God. They worship past tense, but that's biblical Hebrew for you. What about Akim? Yeah, because it, the, there is both the the future tense also in in Isaiah. It's like it's both that it's it's a different form of language. It's not it doesn't mean what you think it means. 
No. So why, why, why did, let me ask you this. Um, and this is just more of a philosophical question than anything, but okay, good. Why, why didn't, why didn't God provide an omni coherent message to the people? I think it says, I love the book of Romans. If you read um, chapters 9, 10, and 11, I think it talks a lot about that. Um, ah, you're saying for everyone of the people of Israel? For uh, everyone. Ah, you're saying like, ah, for everyone. I, I honestly, personally, I don't think that the Bible was written for everybody. I think the Bible was written, or at least the Tanakh was written only for the Jewish, for, the, for Israel. Yeah, of course. Of course. You're right. You're 100% right. Um, I, I mean, everyone can read it, but we have to understand, you know, to whom it's speaking to. So obviously Moses was speaking to the people of Israel and the prophets were speaking to the people most of the time to the people of Israel. So we can benefit from it uh, and we, we can, you know, it means a lot, but we have to understand the context. So you're right about that. Um uh, why doesn't he, I think that I love that I love you wouldn't agree with me. I love uh, Psalms. Uh, I think it's 19 where it talks about the heaven uh, speaks of the of the Lord of the glory of the Lord and all that. So I think that God, the fact that God is is evident in creation. So the fact that we most of the time, most of the time the the reason that we don't want to acknowledge God is because of our internal world, like because of the things that we don't want to submit or whatever, you know, like I think why does more this, than anything. Why does the, okay, but why does the God of creation require adulation? Why does he require anything from us? If grace is think- free... Why is there a redemption? Why was there a payment that had to be made if grace is free? No, grace is not. Free. I mean, that's the yeah. thing. Grace is no. Okay, first of all, too many uh, good questions, but a few. So I have to. First of all, you can. Okay, it doesn't require adulation. It's righteous that he will be adulated. If I if I know what adulation means, so it's righteous, um, you know. In the same way, you your kid, um, you know, honoring you. It's not you're not an egomaniac for wanting that. That's just the sign of a good relation, parent-child relationship. Would be that your oh. kid honors you. So that's the right, sign. But what I'm I... saying, that's the sign of a good relationship. It's not about if it's if it if a child becomes extremely rebellious and hateful towards his parent, then that's not good. It's not that the parent is an egomaniac. You know what I mean? That's you understand but, what I'm but, saying? Okay, but I don't. But I don't. Requ- I don't lock my kid in a basement just because they don't love me, right? I my kids are still my kids, no matter what they they do or say to me or about me they're still my children i don't punish them to eternal torment and i don't sacrifice my youngest kid to forgive my other kids uh, okay i mean no it's a very hard thing i mean i'm not saying 
It's hard for me. I'm not like take it. I, I, I don't, don't see it as moral. Okay, so I I'm saying that for me, I I see it as extremely moral, but I I also acknowledge that it's extremely harsh, and I suffer from that thought. I don't enjoy that thought, but the fact is, if God is righteous, and He uh, at the end of the day. We don't, we, we just want to, uh, okay, I'll tell you like this. It's like a kid, um, you know, arguing with his parents about how evil they are, if they would punish him, if he would take the car and crush it and kill some other people. And that would be extremely evil of them to, to, to take him to the cops, you know, and, and he, he can have that argument with his parents like, what kind of immoral parents are you that you would, you know, bring me in to the cops and I would go to jail for the rest of my life? And But the point is that the parents are saying, like, the point is don't do it. Like, it's not about what we would do if you would take every opportunity that you had to go against what's good. The point is don't do it. Like, that's the point. It's not like they, they want to take him in. They're like... You don't have to steal the car. You don't have to kill those people. Like you could just like not do it, and to have the discussion about how we would punish you. You know, yeah, you're right. There will come a punishment, but God is postponing that. Is like that's not His desire. That's a point. You don't think it's His desire to to punish people? No, that's the last thing. It's it also it says the Bible says so, specifically, God wants all why, men to be saved. Well, then why does He release Satan in Revelation twenty verse seven to deceive the nations? Oh, I don't know. Let's look into. I, I honestly, I think the book of Revelation is the book I know least well in the whole Bible. It's a book I read least times, and I know it the least. And maybe I'm avoiding, <laughs> uh, but um, we can look into that. Um, what he releases, I think he releases him for a short time to, to deceive, you know. To deceive the nations. If a God wanted all people to Wait, be saved, why would he let's create more turmoil? Why would he release yes. Satan to deceive? Uh, okay, Why let's does he look send at it. A no, but we know we're talking. That's not fair because you're talking outside of context. I I accept what you're saying, but we need to let, just look at the context okay. first. Sure. So, do you remember where where it is in Revelations? Uh, chapter twenty, verse seven. Okay, so if I'm understanding correctly, just the context, basically, I mean, after the thousand years, it's been, it doesn't say God sets him free, it says that he's been uh, set from his prison, well, right? Who, so, else would who else would have the authority or the power but, to release okay, Satan? But, like God. No, 
but you're speculating. I'm just saying that the fact is that he can he was contained for a thousand years according to this, and yeah. then after that he's not contained anymore. So he's able to deceive again. So the right. way he's doing right now. So the point is that the point of the cross is that Jesus died to uh, defeat the devil, basically defeat him, right? The fact that um, Jesus rose again means that ultimately um, Satan has already been defeated. So um, it's like, it's a legalistic thing. Like there's laws, right? So the fact that he was uh, um, able to be contained for a thousand years and then he had another opportunity to deceive again. It's not because, the, and then the, the next thing that happens is is the trial when Satan is like, you know, ultimately convicted and goes, was is thrown into the lake of fire. So that's like the ultimate goal of everything. It's not, it's just like here, it's just saying that between, you know, the thousand years and the ultimate trial, there will be, like he will still have another like opportunity, let's say, to deceive. But it's not because God wants it to be that way. Um, so, okay, so let me get this right. So Jesus' sacrifice was to end the, it was a final sin sacrifice, correct? You believe that Jesus' sacrifice was yeah. a final sin sacrifice? Okay, so uh, the, I feel like I know where you're going. Well, the eschatology of Ezekiel chapter 46, yeah. verse 2 says in the end times that the prince shall bring a sin offering to the priests in New Jerusalem. So sin sacrifices mm -hmm. are brought back, like the old law is brought back. In, yeah. the new, in the end times so jesus yeah. can't be a, a final sin sacrifice no you're right that's a very good um very good actually i think um that's a really interesting situation that we i don't i and i also don't know first of all i don't have like great answers but um i also don't know necessarily if i necessarily agree with a lot of mainstream christian belief about that even though i'm not sure what that is because that okay. that area is kind of i don't always i don't know a lot about um so so then but, but then... i can tell you i can tell you that generally it's not for it even if it will be it's not we don't need it like you know what i mean like well, we people, uh, right, that you're right. We don't need that because if you look at the mm -hmm. Old Testament, if you look at Exodus, Deuteronomy, Second Chronicles, Psalms, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel, they all say, "Whoever has sinned, God will blot from his book." In Deuteronomy chapter twenty-four, verse sixteen, every person shall die for his own sin. Second Chronicles twenty-five, four: As the Lord commanded, man shall die for his own sin. Psalm forty-nine, verse seven: No, no. one can redeem his brother, and every person no. shall die for his own sin. Jeremiah thirty-one, thirty; Ezekiel eighteen, no. verses four and twenty: The soul that sins, it shall die. 
No, 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 no. I actually know those verses. If you want, we can go verse by verse. That's not what it means. That's not what it means. You want me to show you? That's not what it means. When you're talking about in Ezekiel, um, it's talking about you don't, um, the, the kids shouldn't uh, suffer, you know, the, for the sins of, their, of his father. No, there that's, are that's some what... verses that say that, but I did not no, include saying... those verses in my book. Because... We can look verse by verse. It's not what it says. It's not what it says. We can look and because okay. I know those verses. Hmm? Jeremiah 31, 30. Let's see what that one says. Jeremiah 31, 30. That's a good one. That's a verse for, for me. You sure? Okay. Mother 3130. Instead, everyone will die for their own sin. Whoever eats sour grapes, their own teeth will be set on edge. Exactly. Read 29 now. Read 29. Why are you you're so lazy, guys? You should read context always. <laughs> In those days, people will no longer say, the parents have eaten sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge. Instead, everyone will die for their own sin. Yeah. Yeah. So what does it say? And no, read that everyone will die for their own sin. And each man, each man that eats the grape, the sour grape, his teeth will be whatever the English word is. So it's, you see, the, con the context is, is talking, by the way, that verse is talking, that whole chunk is talking about the New Testament. Just read 31. I love that you, that you went there. Read 31. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. A new covenant. Brit Chadasha. Right. The, the actual. Yeah. Not as. Read the English. You want me to look up the English? Not as the one that I. Read 32 also. It's amazing. It will yes, not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt because they broke my covenant, though I was a husband to them, declares the Lord. 33, if you don't mind. This is the covenant I will make with the people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their Did God that happen? and they will be my people. Did that happen? That's a, yeah, yeah, it happened to me. It no, happened no, 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 to me. No. So that no, no I shall... Am, I, am, I am the people of Israel and it happened to me. Because the covenant that he made, the new covenant, he made the law be on my heart. Yeah. And he's saying, and if you read 34, he's saying exactly the opposite of what its religion is. Wait, can you read 34? Please. Oh, my goodness. Let me just read the whole Bible. Just, Genesis 1 1. No, no just longer, 34. No longer will no. they teach their neighbor. No. Oh. Do you want sorry. me to read 34? Yes, sorry. No, no longer will they teach their neighbor, 
or say to one another, Know the Lord, because they will all know me, from the least of them to the greatest, declares mm -hmm. the Lord. For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. Yes. So you you maybe so you will say you, I don't know. Do you well, let me ask you this. Do you think that a new covenant nullifies an old covenant? No. Right. It's two different covenants. But he's saying that he will covenants. Yeah. But two did, different covenants. But did, right. But did we see all of the prophecies of the new covenant come to pass in Jesus? Because he says, here is my flesh, here is my blood as a sign of the new covenant. There is not a single scripture in the Tanakh that uses that as a prophecy for a new covenant. Wait, say again. Jesus said, here that... is my blood and here is my flesh. Drink as this is a sign of my covenant with you. Where is yeah, the prophecy? It's, it's a sign. It's it's not a prophecy. It's not a prophecy. You're misunderstanding. The, a sign. You see, that's the problem. Like you guys, you you need to. <laughs> that's not what it's saying. We're saying even the word sign is not a good word. Um, look up um, where what translation you got. I don't know, but the basic is saying like that's how from now on you will use that as a remembrance of me. From now on, he's not referring to prophecy. He refers to the prophecies all over the New Testament. And he says, look at the prophet. He says very specifically, this is to complete the prophecy. But this is not one of those places at all. Uh, well, I agree with you that that's not a prophecy. But he's not saying it's a prophecy. I'm saying that. When he wants us to look at the prophecy, when he claims to fulfill a prophecy, he, he uses those words. Look, look at the prophecy. Or Moses said, or Abraham, this and that. Here, you're using the word sign. He didn't, that's not what the verse says. Like, read the context. Okay. He's not talking, he's not even trying I'll, to. I'll, I'll give you that one. I will give you that one. Okay. Okay, good. Because really, it's not. It's not like, I'm. it's just, that's not what it says. Cool. But there are uh, prophecies of the new covenant that did not come to pass. There are the prophecies wait, of the new covenant say, and the prophecies. I just say, hold on. Just let me wait, finish wait, real quick. Wait, the, the no, just this guy, Pacofion. Um, the New Testament is not new covenant. Just so you know, you know what the New Testament, the book New Testament is called in Hebrew? The people that... Uh, don't believe him, uh, don't believe in it. Um, it's called Habrita Chadasha. Literally those very words from the, it's called the new covenant. Mm -hmm. So it is synonymous. The, um, the old, the, yes. the 1611 King James Bible doesn't say new Testament. It says new covenant in, in some yeah. of the, the, exactly. the published versions. Yeah. And the funny thing is that the Hebrew book is called in the Hebrew, like a, Regular Jew in Israel would call, would, if you ask him what's the book of the Christians, he would say, Habrita Chadasha, which is the literal words here in that verse right. 31. Okay. No, I 100% agree with that. Yes. 
Cool. Okay, so go back to your point. I just wanted to... Well, my, my point is that there are, there are prophecies that point to what the new covenant would look like, and those prophecies have not all been fulfilled. And they are yes. synonymous. Those prophecies of the new covenant are almost exactly the same as what the, the end days, in those days, in those latter days... That is what the, it is all part and parcel to what we're supposed to see at the time of a Messiah in the end days in the new covenant. You're saying a general thing. The fact is that I, there I, are I over, it's, no, I'm saying there's, a, the fact is there are over 300 prophecies or references in the mm -hmm. Old Testament that um, do you know, the two point to Jesus could very well be about him. So it's extremely unlikely that someone fulfilled over 300 of those prophecies uh, and is still not the one. Also, think about the fact that um, we know that, you know, the Messiah, whoever it is, has to be from the line of David, right? Has to be from the tribe of Judah, but not only that, from the particular line of David. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it's been 2,000 years. So even those, most of the Jews are from today, most of the Jews are from the tribe of Jude. Like all of the Jews we have now basically are Judah, some Benjamin, and, mm -hmm. and Levites, right? That's mm -hmm. like, yeah. we don't know about the other tribes. Some of them... May some of the Jews may be from other tribes, but mostly it's Judah, right? Judah and Levite and some Benjamin. So, but we don't we don't have really any like documentation going back two thousand years of like the line of David. I think some people claim to know that they, uh, but generally, you know, a lot of Jews they kept they keep back like let's say, centuries back, you know, lines and all that, but not all the way back to the house of David. That's mm -hmm. extremely hard to prove. So if you're saying all of those prophecies, you know who it's supposed to be, it would be much harder to, you know, to bring forth someone that would fulfill all those prophecies today than in those days when they knew exactly their gene genealogy and your tribe you know, your line. Uh, so uh -huh. even like time-wise, it makes more sense that it was then than, than any time like now. So, but there, there, there are like four major prophecies of the Messiah that still have not come to pass. The not, that they shall not learn war anymore. Violence shall no more be heard. They shall, um, they won't even learn about war anymore. Um, yeah, and then it, he would usher in the in gathering. God will gather you from all the nations, from all the four corners of the earth, from all the countries. Gather you from all the countries. Yeah. Gather you from all the countries. So, but Jesus so a lot said, of "Go into all the world." He didn't. He didn't come to bring peace of his own words. He didn't come to bring peace. He came to divide. He says, "Go into First all to, the okay. world." But the, the prophecies say that he would be ushering in the No, but it's two different people. Look, you... Okay, stop. You, when it's talking about gathering from 
all of the world, a lot of people, and I'm amongst them, believe that that's um, started to happen already, happening in a very bring, big way when the Jewish uh, state was established in the, you know, in the 20th century, the fact that Jews were uh, in diaspora for 2,000 years and were, I mean, not all of the Jews, but um, I think it's like more but than a third of, of all. During the time of Messiah, no. during the time of Messiah, because there is a caveat listed in scripture that says in those days. No, it's two different things. Okay, first of all, no, you're confusing a few things because when Jesus uh, is talking to the disciples to go forth and tell the gospel all over the all that, he's not talking to the Jewish people. He's not talking to the people of Israel. He's talking to his disciples. Those those are two different groups of. It's not the same. It's not the same. And when he's saying the the verses talking about gathering from all the nations, he's talking specifically to the people of Israel. He's saying, because he's saying also, I'm the one that's going to spread you amongst the nations, right? That's part of the punishment, the punishment of the people of Israel for being disobedient was to be exiled from the land and distributed all over the world. And then he's saying, in the end times, I will gather you back from all over the world. So, you know, the wings of the world. And that's, he started doing that already by bringing Jewish people back to Israel. Um, and we believe he will also bring all of them at some point. But that's not, that's not, Jesus doesn't speak, that's not two different things. You understand what I'm saying? Yes. Um, but you, you, you have to understand in the day of Messiah, in the in the actual prophecy, it is a, a a landmark in time to say that the age of the Messiah would usher in these things. But Jesus did not usher in the ingathering. Two thousand years later, we have maybe a a reforming and a recentralizing of the Jewish people. Yeah. Yes, yeah. but not in the days of. Not in the days of the Messiah. He did not usher in the ingathering. That was okay. like the beginning of the diaspora where you're scattered all over the place. Like we're then yeah. now you have persecution happening. Yeah. No, you're right. So okay, but you, you you started with the fact that you understand that the claim is that, you know, the second coming, which you don't accept, is the idea that there are two and that's a Jewish, that's an old Jewish belief before Yeshua that there would be two types of Messiah. Basically, the, the Messiah, the son of Joseph and the son of David. Ben Yosef and Ben David, it's an old tradition even before Yeshua. Basically talking about the reigning king, the lion of Judah, which is like, uh, manifests, you know, as a as a king, as a conqueror, as a, the one that brings also peace of you know world peace and all that. But there's the suffering in the image of of Yosef. You know what happened to Yosef um, with his brothers. 
the opposite, right? Yosef was rejected by, you know, Yosef, Joseph and his and his brothers, right? He was rejected by them, uh, spent, uh, they put him in a, something similar to a grave. They put him in a hole in the ground. Then they said he was dead. Um, they sold him to the Egyptians and they considered him dead for, for many years. And then when they came to Egypt, um, looking for food because of the famine that was in Israel, they found um, him, they didn't even recognize him, but he was there reigning as some, almost a king, like the one just beneath Pharaoh, you know, reigning over Egypt. And he was able to provide for them. And also, you know, they recognized, at first they didn't recognize him, and then they had like the revelation of, wow, that's Yosef, our brother, and they cried and they said how mm-hmm. sorry they were. So that picture talks about, you know, as the life of Joseph was like suffering. He was in jail. He was in. He was a slave. He was sold to slavery basically by his brothers. He spent time in the underground in a hole that his brothers threw. Him. Well, that actually so, sounds more like that. Actually, sounds more like the prophets or the the scriptures in in Isaiah fifty three defining Joseph rather than Jesus. Okay, but it's a prophecy. So Joseph happened many years before Isaiah. So, no, you're right. It's the same image. It's the same kind of image of a suffering servant Mm -hmm. that is rejected by his own people and then rises to, you know, to statute within the Gentiles and then eventually recognized also by their own people when they are in dire need of help, he's the one, he's there, and they recognize him. So that's the story, that's the story of Joseph, and um, it's a type of Messiah, because as I told you, now we know Messiah one and all that, but it didn't always used to be like that, like that's a type of Messiah. So basically, um, Jesus fulfilled a great amount of prophecies and things to do with with the Messiah, but not all of them. And so if you accept that, then you believe that the other type of Messiah is like the reigning king, the conqueror, the one that brings also physical peace eventually and all that. That's what's supposed to happen when he comes back. Uh, But it's not like completely out of context. Like there was always this tradition of two types of Messiah. You understand what I'm saying? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I know. I, I, I agree. Um, I've never had a uh, position that, um, that countered that. But a Messiah that is supposed to have two comings um, was not prophesied. Like two Messiahs, yes, but not two comings of a single Messiah. I don't see a prophecy yeah, of that in the Old Testament. No, you're right. You're right. Because, I mean, you're right. But he didn't die, so, you know, he can come back. I mean, he died, but he resurrected, so. Um, but it says that, um, I think in Rega, in, in, I'm not sure. I, I still but didn't if, see anything in Isaiah 53 that said we would have to believe in that Messiah to be saved. I don't in know many, I mean, many, 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 many scriptures in the Old Testament, God says he doesn't even share his glory with anybody. 
He, he, it's him and him alone. He's the redeemer. That's it. And then God in, 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 I think it's, I think it's, uh, I think it's Deuteronomy. I can't, I, I can look it up. Um, it, God lifts his hand to heaven and swears that he lives forever. There's, there's plenty of scriptures that says he's not a man. He doesn't share his glory. He's, he's it. He's, that's it. Him alone. None other. So okay. there is, I can't find anything in the Old Testament that, that points to a Messiah as being salvation, as being something we would have to believe in to be saved, as something that redeems us. I don't see that at all. Mm. Okay. I mean, it's a secret. <laughs> <laughs> But God said he reveals his secret to his people. No, not to his people. To his prophets and to those who fear him. So it's not the same. Um, so, yeah, no, I'm saying that there's... I think that it is, for me, it's very clear. If you want, we can look at specific verses. Uh, I think it's very clear that the, there's no... The whole Bible points to to the New Testament, and then, but the reason I say it's a secret because it doesn't reveal everything that the about salvation doesn't reveal, and Paul even says that in the New Testament he says even I can't remember where it is, but there's a verse where he says it's like a, it's there's something so magnificent magnificent that happens in salvation that wasn't even revealed to anyone in the in you know in the bible before so they knew the where they were pointing they knew they were all pointing in the same directions but they didn't know exactly what happens at that point that's the secret so you understand but it's all pointing to that direction but you're right so, that it doesn't they didn't know what what happens in that point that they were pointing to. Okay, right. No, no, I get that. Um, but there are there are scriptures over and over and over and over and over throughout the Old Testament. And I have a list of those scriptures that, that are not even all inclusive. In every possible opportunity that God had to say, oh, by the way. There's going to be this Messiah, and, I, and I've told you about this Messiah. You're going to have to believe in that Messiah's death and resurrection to be saved. I understand. Yes, I, I totally get. I totally understand that much of the Old Testament is pointing to this landmark in time. This Messiah just ushers in. He's, he, all he is is a landmark in time. That is all the Messiah of the Old Testament is. It's pointing toward a time when God is going to have this huge transformation take place. But it's God that does this transformation in the Old Testament. That's all it says, that this Messiah is a landmark in time. But throughout the scriptures, God says um, that God forgives, like Second Chronicles seven fourteen. If you just turn from sin, God will forgive, right? But no, then but He says, "I am the Lord thy God, thy Savior. I am the Lord thy God, thy Savior." 
that's Isaiah 43, 3. In verse 11, it says, I am the Lord beside me. There is no savior. Let's read. Let's go through the verse. Like you're reading okay. too fast. So what, which one? Um, the one Isaiah, in Isaiah 43. Okay. Cause I'm, you see, that's where I'm at. So that's good for me. Uh, okay. 43. <laughs> okay. So which verse? Three and 11. Uh, what so what's the point? Can you deny I'm the, the Lord your God, the holy of Israel, your savior? I mm -hmm. gave them um what does it say in the English? I wonder. What does it say? I gave you as no, I gave I'm looking at you know the you know what? I'm gonna also. I'm opening the English. Can do it. Uh, For I am the Lord so your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt for your ransom, Cush and Seba in your stead. Okay. So what's the point here? Verse eleven. Ah. Well, let's let's do let's do verse ten and eleven. Let's do verse ten and eleven. Can Timothy? Can you read, uh, Carl? You are my wit. Okay, go ahead. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and my servant, whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am He. Before me, no god was formed, nor shall there be any after me. I. I am the Lord, and besides me, there is no Savior. Amen. So what's the problem here? So where is this mention of a future Savior? Is, who is he's not a future Savior. No, he is he, he, him. Well, he then is why, is, why did God say that I lift up my hands to heaven and swear that I do not die? Well... Uh, hold on. No, because, I mean, we make the claims. We need to look at them. Is yeah, yeah, no, I know. I know. I'm going to. Is this a song of Moses? For I lift up my hand to heaven and declare as surely as I live yes. forever. Yes. Deuteronomy 3240. Uh, Okay. I I live forever. What is, why is that bad? Well, then how if God is Jesus and Jesus is God, Jesus died. But first God all, says he doesn't die. First of all, he doesn't say he doesn't die. Second of all, that's actually, <laughs> that's a funny, just so you know, I don't know that I've never like had that argument about that verse before, but I can just tell you something off the top of my head that Chai Anuchi um, in Hebrew is a form of um, swear. 
איך אומרים, when you make a, like you swear by something, right? So he's swearing by me, like swear by me. So the word chai here doesn't even really means about, he's not talking about I live forever. That's one way to translate it. And also, chai and, okay. What does it say in the English? For I lift up my hand to heaven and swear as I live forever. Ah, okay. <laughs> That's a weird translation. Because how do you know that it's swear? The Hebrew says, for I lift my to heaven my hand and say, Chai anoch, uh, live, I live for, and say I live forever. So where did they get the part? You know, where did they get the fact that it's swearing? Because of what I said, that chai anochi, I live, is the literal way that they used to say, I swear. So it's not even talking about him being alive or not alive. It's uh, literally just swearing. Okay. Well, yeah. verse 39 yeah. says, I, even I, am he, and there is no God beside me. You're, yeah. To, to, to make this claim that, that Jesus is God when he says... I mean, there's several verses also that say, I am not a man, but the book of Hebrews says that he was man. Jesus himself over 80 times calls himself the son of man. Yeah. Cause but God Jesus, says he's not a man. Yeah. Cause God, the father is not a man, but that's not because that's before Jesus, before Jesus was, um, you but know, is, but Isaiah 53 says, no God, there is no God before me. There is no God after me formed. Jesus yeah. was formed in the womb. No, no, that's not. Look, you bring it up to, we have to go one by one because whenever we go into the verse, then you see that it's not like exactly like that. So what I'm saying is Jesus. But you have to take it all, all it's, it's cumulatively in context. And when you look at yeah, these verses one by one, but and you're saying like you there's have... no other God. You're saying like there's no other God by me. Yeah, Jesus also doesn't say that there is another God. It's not another God. It's the same God. And Jesus, yeah, obviously Jesus was born to this world, so he was a man in that regard. But he was Jesus. Keep whenever Jesus was talking to the Jews, uh, to the you know to the Pharisees or, and all these people, he was saying, um, if you believed Moses, you would believe in me. And he's saying, from the time that Abraham was, I am. So basically, he's, he's, he's sending us to look up where Moses was what Moses was talking about and what the life of Abraham was like. Because if we look in... in, in in Genesis, um, I think it's 18, um, you know, we see that Abraham interacted with someone that the Bible calls the Lord, right? Um, and he's talking, he's interacting with him. Uh, a few times it says that. And Jesus says, in the time of Abraham, I am. So basically he's telling us that he was there, not in his flesh form but um he appeared to you know 
I'm sure he looked like a human, but he wasn't born to a woman, you know, at the time. Um, so he's saying, I am, I was there already. Like, so it's not like a new character. He's always been there. Mm-hmm. In when the New Testament makes a claim that I was there in the past, do you think that the writers of the New Testament had access to the Old Testament? Yeah, of course. Then, yeah. then they were it's, Jewish, most of them. Right. So it would be pretty so. easy to, to pluck verses and phrases out of the Old Testament and, and fill a narrative, right? No, because actually we see, you know, that actually <laughs> it's one of those things like with a, like um, it's one of those things that being wrong actually proves you right. Because actually one of the discrepancies that people quote about the New Testament is that it misquotes the Old Testament, uh, Old Testament many times. And the, many we times. know that the reason, yeah, many times, right? So, it, so it's the opposite of what you said. It try it tries to quote the Old Testament, but then it gets it wrong a little bit. And the, the reason we know why is because they they wrote the New Testament in Greek, right? And uh, mm-hmm. and and the most I mean there are some Hebrew manuscripts, but we believe it was Greek, right? So the 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 Tanakh, the Old Testament version that they had at the time was the Sub, subtui, how do you say that word? The Septuagint. Septuagint, right. Targuma Shivim, right. So the tep, sub, wait, can you say it again? Septuagint. Septuagint, right. Yes. It means, it literally means the seventh, right? So yes. it's the, it's the translation made, you know, traditionally they say like 70 or 72 Hebrew scribes, mm-hmm were asked by the Hellenistic king in Egypt to, you know, mm-hmm. to write a Greek translation for the Old Testament. That's before mm-hmm. Jesus, right? So right. they wrote, and the legend says that, like, each one was in a different room, and they came out, and that's why, like, it's considered so true, because they all came out with, like, the same order. That's not that's a legend, but that's why it's called the Septuagint. Mm-hmm. The idea is that they had a foreign, not a Jew. It wasn't like um, necessarily like the Jews didn't like consider it like a sacred um, translation or anything like the a canon, uh, the canon of translation. But that's just like the only Greek translation available at the time of the Old Testament. So that's the one that was used. Um, so when they quote the New Testament. They, they, they have the errors that are in the Septuagint. Um, they quoted it with the errors because that's the translation that they had. When you go back to the Hebrew, uh, it's wrong many times, but not not because they quoted wrong, because they quoted a translation that didn't get everything right. So, right. which brings me back so, to my one of my original questions: is why in the world did God not provide an omni-coherent message. Perhaps it's because he confused the languages at Babel. What? 
no, the Tower I think of Babel, one, where he where he confused the languages. We don't yeah. have an omni-coherent message, probably because of that. Um, but um, so this is we, we've been sitting here for a couple of hours right now talking about the problems between the translations and why there are forty four thousand versions of of Christianity no, that's right not, now. No, that's not at all what we were talking about. <laughs> That's no, not no, no, what, I know we no. weren't, but I'm just saying we've been sitting here talking about the the mis the mistranslations, the problems no. in in converting Hebrew into English or Hebrew into no. Greek or and well, there is I, the not I, there is not an omnicoherent message that I would expect from an a benevolent omni God. I think that. Uh, there's there's a very simple answer. First, the answer is the fact is that all over the Bible we see people that had very uh, straightforward access to the truth and still chose to disobey or still chose a different way. So the the idea the fact is that people don't like the truth, whether they see it plainly or whether it's not so plain. And you have to search for it. People don't like. Well, the I truth would have preferred. No, 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 no. I would have preferred to stay in belief in in the Bible because I was shunned, I was hated, I was vilified, um, I had an existential identity crisis coming out of religion, the trauma that I experienced in that transition was I wouldn't wish on my worst enemy. I really wouldn't. And to have that complete paradigm shift in my life, I would have been more than happy to remain in belief in the Bible. But I could not ignore the, the inconsistencies, the contradictions, the, the so many problems with the crucifixion just in and of that itself that was the largest biggest blinding problem that i had with believing the new testament is that every single aspect of the crucifixion violated the the sin sacrifice laws found in leviticus 4 and 5 and after that i could not believe in the new testament christian jesus at all Um, first of all, I'm really sorry, you know, I, honestly, I'm, I'm so sorry that you had to go through this. And I think that, you know, religion is not necessarily the knowledge of God. That's not necessarily always the same thing, or many times it's not. Um, so the fact that people, you know, couldn't, uh, you know, your surrounding couldn't accept your your voyage, your journey to actually seek truth, whether it's a longer journey than they think people should have. You know, that's like religion. I don't, I, I don't <clears throat> agree with that, and I'm sorry that it's like that, even though it's very common. Um, yeah, but what you say about the crucifixion? I mean, we can talk about it, but honestly, like Joe and I talk a lot about it a lot. Like the problem is. <laughs> you know that sticker that I love. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, bumpers. I heard about it in America. That um, dear 
So right about here, it starts to just die off and it's just regular pleasantries. Nice to talk to you, blah, blah, blah. So we're going to cut it off here. But the main points here, Deborah, who wrote the book Crucifying the Bible, has all these amazing insights that you don't hear in normal conversations. However, the the other person, Anvin, she is a very studied person. She has read the whole Bible. She was raised Jewish. Um, she's now a Christian. Um, she knows a historical context. I mean, you've heard her talk about things about the destruction of the temples, different timelines, um, the purposes of each of the books. So her understanding of the Bible is not the normal understanding of an American Christian. The American Christians are the ones who are ignorant of the Bible and they're causing all the problems. Anvin has even said at one point, Jesus never said to engage in the government. Jesus never said to make laws. So the fact that Anvin has these very well-educated answers doesn't have anything to do with the American Christians. But I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. I know I said season two was going to talk about problems with uh, the way Christians are affecting America, but this was just too good of a conversation for me to just not share with you. So on the next episode, we're going to get right back into the problems with the American Christians.